Red Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. I'm really impressed with myself because inevitably one of these times I'm going to be like, welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast and then, you know, flub it. And at that point I would probably start over. But anyway, awkward start to the show. And while I'm at it, I'm terrible at doing this. If you guys haven't given us a rate and review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do it. It helps us immensely. It helps our metrics on Apple Podcasts, makes us a lot more visible Feel free to make fun of us, especially Charlie, whatever. And uh, it's better than currency, and it helps us out immensely. Tonight on this episode, we're going to be talking mostly Red Sox bullpen. We're all going to make our pick as to who the closer should be in the ninth inning. And then we're going to do a little process of elimination all the way down the list on who should be in the bullpen who shouldn't and and should be in Pawtucket, and so on and so forth. We might throw in some uh, bonus topics towards the end. Joining me tonight, Charlie Smith, Andrew Dwan. How are you guys? Doing well, man. Doing great. I'm looking forward to the heat that I'm going to be getting from people, so this should be fun. (laughs) Well, send some of the heat uh, my way because it's like negative five in Denver and has been since Friday, so... Definitely could use a little warming up here. You deserve it. Terry wins. Negative five Minus was five. me last Tuesday when it was 60 for you. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting for one of these pipes to burst and having to call the landlord up and have to go through all that. Yeah. Not now. I hope not. Jeez Louise. That's, uh, yeah, terrible. You need a sump pump at that point. But, uh, anyway, uh, the team, however, is uh, in nice weather down in Fort Myers. I, I think most of them are probably down there, and if they're not, they will be within the next few days. But getting right into it, Charlie, I'll lead off with you. There's at least two viable candidates, maybe a third candidate to be the closer. If the season started tomorrow, provided that nobody sucks miserably in spring training, who is your closer for the ninth inning? You know, this is kind of going to be a unique season. I know some people are going to say, give it to Matt Barnes. And I would say, I don't know about Matt Barnes. And there are going to be some that say, well, you know what? You just traded for Adam Ottavino. Give it to Adam Ottavino. But my pick has always been, um, if if I have to stick with one person there, I still want Darwin's Hernandez to be the closer, even though I know it's not going to be him. I'm thinking what the Red Sox will do is they will give him an opportunity to get uh, some safe chances but they will go with the safe hand, which is Matt Barnes right now. Um, and that's to be determined because I I personally think that the Red Sox are going to get one more reliever. I don't think it's officially done yet. And then when that happens, that could change things again. But right now, I think what will happen and what I want to happen are two completely different things. So who is your closer, though, just to be clear? I want, I want, I want to see Darwin's and Hernandez get the chance to do it. That's what I would want to see. Fair Give enough. him a chance. Fair enough, Andrew. Who would you slot into that inning? I would love to see Hernandez um, take over that role. Definitely on record, 
many times saying that, but I do think it's going to be Barnes. I think he's going to get the first shot at it just due to history with Cora, uh, with the team. Um, just the familiar familiarity. Just He's going to get the ball in the ninth inning in spring training, and it's going to be his job to lose. I do think Ottavino is definitely a candidate, but I, I just don't see them wanting to push him at this uh, stage of his career. He's definitely not the youngest guy on the team. So I, I think they'll want to save some bullets for later on in the year, and they'll go with Matt Barnes just right out of the gate. And I agree with you, Charlie. I do think we might see one more guy brought in. I don't know if it's going to be a minor league free agent uh, level, but there's still some relievers out there like Workman, um, Trevor Rosenthal, who probably will be priced out of their range, and a Jeffress. But I, I would love to see one of those three guys in here. You know, Ter- Terry's sitting there like, why the hell are they agreeing again? Like, what the <laughs> is happening? I don't want them to agree all the time. So uh, Andrew and I, usually we, we have very interesting opinions. And sometimes it's completely on the opposite end of the spectrum of like what we like and what we don't like. And the last couple of shows, we've been on par. Like with just about everything, what we think is going to happen, what we want to happen, and what we think could possibly happen in addition. Uh, the one The one person that you didn't mention is someone who played for the Red Sox last year that got traded, and it wouldn't surprise me because of that familiarity that they bring him back again. I think Workman would be the cheapest Bingo. of all of them, yeah. and, and there is the familiarity aspect. But Exactly. I do kind of differ from you guys because we're going to go through the list here, and it's an, an immense list, and there's also going to be depth in Worcester which is still taking me some getting used to saying, but I just feel like if we're that close to the cap, how, how close do they really want to be? They, I just feel like they're going to need some cushion and they have that now. And if you go get another arm, you're going to have to maybe trade away a piece that is making, I don't know, three to 6 million or so. And I hate the fact right now that they gave Matt Andres a $3 million deal. I mean, at this point, it's just making less and less sense. And the upside isn't there. He wasn't very good in Tampa. And if you're going to be good somewhere, it would probably be in Tampa because they do have one of the better pitching programs in the league. But we'll, we'll get into this in just a second a little more. But my pick, and it's funny because we've all differed. Uh, so far, you know, we've got Barnes so far. We've got Hernandez. I, I want to go with Hernandez, but I think it's going to be Adam Ottavino. <laughs> I really do. And I- I've said multiple times so far, it-, it makes me nervous, you know, when runners get on because his delivery is so slow that he is prone to having them steal. And, and that does make me a little nervous, but of anyone in that bullpen right now, he's the only one who's ever done it for a full season and, and been solid from start to finish. With Barnes, I'm just he could go on a nice little run, but he's probably gonna fall off the cliff and and, and suck for a few weeks. I think, like Charlie says, I think Hernandez could be the guy. He just 2020 was weird. He had the COVID thing and the season before. 2019 they didn't they still thought he might be a starter at that point so 
he hasn't really had a, a solid plan for him coming into the season. And I think the dude has a lot of swagger, you know, in that relief role when, when he's on. But I think it's going to be Adam Ottavino at this point. Thoughts? Either one. Yeah. Ottavino is not a bad selection. I mean, that's the thing is I've talked to a couple people and it's it's going to be, I mean, what I want to happen is give Ternendez, give him the opportunity to earn it, but it is going to be Matt Barnes' to lose. Why? He's been on the team the longest. He's literally done multi-rolls in the bullpen. Why wouldn't you give it to that guy? Adam Ottavino, not a bad option, but I am curious as far as left-handed is Ottavino, is Ottavino righty or lefty? He's a lefty, right? Ottavino's a righty. Yeah. Is he a righty? Okay. I, I yeah, for some other reason, I thought he was a le- Okay, so Ottavino, yeah. who's been on the team for six minutes, uh, <laughs> not familiar with anything in Boston, if you were to give him the chance to be closer, it would not be immediately. Because as Andrew and I already said, Matt Barnes is more familiar. They're going to give him a chance. Ryan Brazier is going to get some chances too because he's done it already before as well. Um, it, it's it's Matt Barnes's role to lose, as it currently stands. This is his chance to shine, and who knows how many opportunities they're going to be getting? We have no idea what this offense is going to do. There may be like four save chances in three weeks. Who knows? There could be twelve. Who knows? Like I don't think I think there's going to be a lot of saves for the Red Sox. I think almost every single win that they get is going to be a save opportunity because they're not going to be blowing any teams out of the water. Um, there's going to be a lot of saves to go around, but Ottavino, not a bad option either. Go ahead, Andrew. It's going to be a by-committee thing, and I don't think Cora is worried about that, and I'm not worried about Cora managing the bullpen. Everything I've ever seen him do with the bullpen, I've been a fan of. So I have complete faith in him to go with the odd hand, and I think he has the backing of his team to trust him on that. I don't think we're going to see any malcontents. There aren't too many um, large egos in that bullpen. Uh, just, you know, there's just, none of these guys have done it for five years before. Now they're coming over to the team, and it's like I, I don't really want to be a seventh inning guy. We we don't have any of those, so. Yeah, I, I think Barnes and Ottavino, you're top two. Um, Hernandez might be just a little more, more valuable, being able to go two innings if need be. Um, and he's between him and Taylor, those are your only lefties too. So if you need to bring them in situationally, that's not always going to be a save opportunity the ninth inning. You might need to burn them in the sixth or seventh, uh, depending on the game. Yeah, that's an interesting um, thought because if you're going to play matchups, uh, you know, you're going to need a lefty in a certain situation. Um, I guess it, it could be, you know, open to interpretation, closer by committee to start with. Maybe their spring training performances down the stretch could ultimately be the decider. Um but it's just there's no obvious solution at this point, regardless. And all no. three of us differed uh, one, two, three. So, you know, for the listening audience, if you're on Twitter or 
um, Facebook or whatever. Just go ahead and uh, give your thoughts on on who you think it could be. I'm going to have a hot take right now, though, before we get into the rest of it. I think by the end of the season, Ryan Brazier is going to have a better year than Matt Barnes. That's my hot take. I don't think that's too hot. No, <laughs> I, I could buy that. I, I, I actually do buy that, too. Brazier looked great at the end of, near the end of the year. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if one of these guys who's pitching well, if they don't flip him, because as we're going to go over later, they have some pretty solid depth uh, throughout both levels, um, major and tri- AAA. So if you could move one of them for a spot starter or um, if they need a bat coming off the bench, that, that move might be there to be made. If we're lucky, it's yeah. always a good problem to have, you know, to have too many. Charlie, do you have another yeah. thought? Yeah, no. I mean, Brazier's also been pretty consistent for the most part, too. When you looked at Adam Ottavino, you you saw someone who, for the most part, was incredibly consistent. Uh, I think he's had, what, 10? How many saves is I, I have to look it up. Ottavino's career saves numbers. But... uh not a good year last year. His ERA was really not not pleasant. Not something to look. Not fun. In his 19- defense, it was only two bad two bad outings last year. Yeah, Toronto, Sheldon. fair enough. Oh, actually, yeah, they, he got he did get destroyed in one of those six games. runs against that. Toronto, and then right uh, in right. Buffalo it was a weird one. Yeah, right. And maybe maybe there would have been an opportunity for that that number to come down. But who's to say that you know he only played twenty four games last year. Who's to say he wouldn't have gotten shelled another three, four, five, six times? We, we'll never know. Like, sure, we could say, oh, those were outlying performances, but I, I don't remember Ryan Brazier getting shelled for six runs. Well, I mean, I just think you kind of still have to take him at face value for now. Right. And I'll say this. I mean, the bullpen was not really a concern of mine. Could, could you always use an upgrade? Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it still surprises me that – you know we're spending nine million bucks roughly on on a reliever when maybe you could have had a slightly better upgrade somewhere else, whether it was a starter or an outfield bat. You know I'm still a little surprised, but I mean at the end of the day, are we a better team because we got Ottavino? Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think that's a question because. Uh... If you look online, you read it what Yankees fans are saying and what some of the um even some of the players are saying. Like it it like Yankees fans are pretty sad that Ottavino is actually in Boston. And that I think is a testament to him. Like Ottavino was well liked, caused no problems. Uh, you know, was still, he said some things that were a little sometimes outlandish. But I mean, what player hasn't, you know? Um, and I think it's it says a lot when when Yankees players and fans both say, Oh man, we Oh, it's gonna suck when we have to face him. That makes me feel a little bit better. You know, this year is not gonna have too many like highlights. That's a highlight. I'll take it. Yeah, and if something happens to Britain or or maybe him or or Chapman just aren't super stout, and Ottavino's just lighting it up in Boston. I mean, I can't wait to watch the meltdowns that happen amongst Yankee fans. And what did they do after that trade? I mean, they didn't bring back Gardner like some of us were suspecting. 
They got a uh, Wilson today. They they signed Justin Wilson, Justin right? Um, I think for three million bucks, some, nothing something exactly, right? But they still have. I was looking at it this morning. They had about nine and change, and if he got three today, they still have six million dollars. Um, that's probably a, a few million of that going to Gardy because they have to bring him back. I think they just optic wise, they have to bring him back. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Gardner playing for a different team. If that were to happen, I mean, how many years has he been in New York? I mean, his whole career. Yeah, right. He was on the '09 team when when they won that championship. Yeah, and I think Ottavino, regardless of what role he he ends up, you know, playing, he's going to be fired up. I think like he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, the Yankees traded me. Watch this, and I, I think. I think you're going to see a really nasty slider and maybe not quite as solid as 2019, but I think he's going to have a mid to lower threes ERA, maybe upper twos if we're really lucky. And, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Getting, uh, you know, into the rest of it. So let's kind of narrow it down. Um, I'll just go through them all one by one. Um, We've already talked about Ottavino, Hernandez, and Barnes. So they're in the bullpen. They'll be pitching a lot of the higher leverage in the later innings. Uh, Is Josh Taylor 100% safe? I think he is. Um, As I mentioned, you have very limited selection of left-handed arms in there. So I think by default, he pretty much makes it. Charlie Agreed, and while last year was super ugly, I, I, could, I couldn't remember if Ottavino was there, but outside of Taylor Hernandez, that's it. Like, that's all your lefties. Exactly. Red Sox, for a while, had a left-handed rotation when they had, you know, David Price, Drew Pomerantz. Um, oh, my God. I, I, I just don't even want to remember, like, the names that were there at the time. But it was... Uh, just lefty, 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 lefty. It was brutal to watch. Brutal. Pomeranz killed it last year, though, uh, I think in San Diego. A... Yeah, he did great. <laughs> he, in, I don't... In, in, in one inning of work limit. Like, I'm not blown away by that. Well, uh, he was into the month of September, I think, before he gave up a run, if, if he even did. Yeah, I think he had an ERA in the low ones. Yeah. I, it, it was like below one and a half. I don't think – I'm going off the rails with this, but I think he gets too much grief from Red Sox fans because everybody forgets how how stout he was in 2017. Like, nobody had a problem that he was the number two starter going into the playoffs. He was pitching very well. and That's the thing. Like, he had one good year. It's, an, it's a statistical anomaly. A statistical anomaly. He never won more than nine games, eight games in any other season. He went from eight wins. Oh, sorry. Uh, eight. Sorry. He had uh, 10 wins. One of the seasons that was the year before when he got traded. He had 11 wins that year, three with Boston, eight with San Diego, 17 the following year. Since then, five wins, three years, five. Well, I think 2016 was his first full year as a starter. He was more of a spot starter, long relief guy prior to that. So, um, so you're not you're not going to see a lot of wins in that case. But 
Um, but he did fall off the map on, you know, in 2018 with some injuries and, and just never got it together. The closest mm-hmm. he got to pitching in the uh, postseason was warming up in the bullpen in that 18 inning game. <laughs> but Avaldi yeah gave it up uh, in the 18th. So um, yeah, but yeah, but I just feel like 2017 was good. And and I mean, we lose the division if he isn't, you know, if he's only 80 percent that good. So, but. You know, regardless, that's my going off the tracks moment. So we've got four guys that are safe. So we're going to work our way down the list here. And I, it looks like nine is the magic number. There's a 26th player on the roster. We haven't had that for a full season yet. Uh, and last year was super funky. I think we had 30-man rosters, you know, because of the COVID situation. Um, so like I said, we're going to get it to nine. We've got four that are safe. I think we can all agree that Ryan Brazier is safe. Yep. That's a lock. Absolutely. Brazier's definitely on there. Yep. So that's five. So it does kind of get a little trickier after this. Um, we're going to have to say that, uh, Hirokazu Sawamura, we're going to have to come up with a nickname for him. Uh, but no. he's probably safe. He's no, absolutely. Oh my god, yeah. And just he's uh, in there. Uh, uh, something I'm not clear on: Does he have options at all? Like, is that worked into his? They deal? haven't. They haven't finished the deal yet. So, oh, okay. so it's looking... two years, right? So it's two years, three mil. Uh, two years, three mil with an opportunity for three years and a grand total of seven point six five million. Correct. So that's what it could extend to if it goes the full time. If he busts after year one, guess what? Average annual value of that contract is 1.5 mil each year average. That is totally worth the risk. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's... It, I'm totally fine. It's very inconsequential. Um, Agreed. So I guess that's going to be worth checking on uh, in the coming days to see if he does have options because that would obviously give us um you know some flexibility there but we'll uh we'll put him in the safe category so that brings us up to six so yep. i'm just trying to go austin uh, bryce is gone you think so oh yeah there's no need for him you have you you got adam Ottavino on there he wasn't on the team last year you're not desperate for right-handed pitchers austin bryce's era was at six I mean, yeah, he had a decent K nine, but that's not all. That's not all about it. Like, if you're giving up a hit an inning and you're giving up a walk, not every inning, but pretty damn close, you're you're it's it's too much damage. I mean, that's why your ERA is so trash. You you can't afford it. If you pull up his numbers right now, he averaged almost a hit an inning, a strikeout an inning, but he walked too many guys. That's why his ERA was six. I mean, you you can't you can't live on that. You can't do it. And I and I bet you if you send him down to Worcester, his ERA is probably going to be 4, 4.5. It's not going to be much better. He's not – You know, it's, it's just not on the cards for this kid. I, I'm not going to disagree that he's a candidate to, to not make it on opening day, but I do kind of like that – you know, funky delivery has. I don't know if you can call it a submarine delivery, um, you know, 
I, I can't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be but... willing to say he's not on the roster. But if they do make another signing, that's when I think it could spell trouble for him, and he might be uh, in the unemployment line. Yeah, I, I would just like to see Dave Bush work with him a little more before, you know, deciding one way or the other, you know, whether he's going to Worcester or if he's just straight up DFA'd. I mean, he's been around a yeah. while, so it's not like... Spring training is going to be huge for him. Yeah. That, that's going to be his whole entire career, essentially, in the coming month. Right. So we'll kind of set him off to the side for a moment anyway. Um, let's talk about... Uh, Garrett Whitlock and Andrew, I'll kind of lean on you more with him because I, I know we got him in the Rule Five draft, but I'm otherwise not overly familiar. Well, yeah, that guarantees him his spot unless they want to return him to the Yankees. So, so he can't uh, be optioned. Can... No, he can't. Oh, and he can't... yeah, you got to keep him up for the entire year. That's why, like a guy like Arauz last year was up there the entire year. Um, they would have had to offer him back for like I think like fifty grand or something like that. Okay, good to know. So, what what would his status be, or is it up in the air? Uh, he's he's a lock. He'll be a long reliever, um, just one of those long guys and spot starters when you need him. So, you think in the safe category? Yeah, unless he comes out and has an ERA like ten plus in spring training, but I don't see that being a thing. All right, so we got. Two more spots with four likely candidates. We can get into some dark horse candidates uh, beyond them in a minute. But so let's just try to give two spots to four guys. So we got Matt Andres, who we gave a three million dollar contract to, and I think there might have been an option on that as well. Uh, Austin Bryce just talked about him. And then we've got Phillips Valdez and Colton Brewer. So, Charlie, pick two guys. Brewer, Valdez, Bryce, Andres. Muted. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. So, two guys of that group of four. You got Valdez, Andres, Bryce, and who was the fourth one? Brewer. Colton Brewer. Bryce, goodbye. Thanks for coming. Do not pass go. Do not click $200. dollars go directly to Monopoly reference for you kids listening. Uh, Valdez stays. I really, really liked him. I was high on him last year. He was my hero multiple times during a couple of series and whatnot. Um, you just paid Andrews $3 million. What's Colton Brewer, what's Brewer getting this year? Uh, probably around a million, I would guess. And how did Brewer do in high leverage situations? Well, he was more, he was used as an opener for the most part. And he was actually pretty solid last year compared to the previous year. But he got shelled too. Like he, he was used as an opener. Um, and if they're, if they're going to go with the multi-versatility aspect, Andres can do it. So can he, you're paying Brewer a million, you're paying Andres three. Why not use the guy for three million? See what happens. Worst comes to worst. Bye. I'd say right now, um, it's Brewers to lose, but I think that there's a reason why they signed uh, Matt Andres. So it'll be, oh god, what I want to happen and what I think will happen. Andres. I think that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah. 
All right, Andrew, two guys from those four. Who do you think? Yeah, you can write Andrew's name in Sharpie. He's absolutely going to be on the roster. Um, They targeted him for a reason. They do like his uh, stat cast numbers. Um, He'll be a guy that you can also slot into as a starter, as a reliever. And I think that people are a little down on it just because he wasn't a regular name. But I think he can be a valuable asset to the team, and he's definitely going to be able to give you reliable innings uh, like 10 times better than what we saw last year with some of those long guys and spot starters and openers. So um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to him pitching this year. So I'm giving him the spot. And, I, you know, I want to say Valdez. Um, but now we're looking at almost too many long guys. I don't know. I, I loved what he brought last year, but his, his numbers were a little deceiving when it came to like whip and letting some guys on base. So uh, I wouldn't be opposed to letting him get some innings in in Worcester because he does have options. We can send him down there. Um, I'm giving that, uh, God, I almost want an asterisk here, uh, to Bryce slash the guy that they DFA Bryce for. I went off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess uh, for me, I have to agree whether I like him or not that Andres is going to make the big club because, you know, like Charlie said, you're you're not going to send a guy you're giving three million bucks to uh, to Pawtucket or Worcester. And does he even have options? I don't think he necessarily Andres? does. Yeah. Let me look it up. Yeah. Matt Andres has two. He has one option left. Oh, one option. Okay. Um, he has one left. Well, either way, I still. Yes, sir. I, you know, barring an injury or just something happening in spring training, um, I'm just going to. I'm going to slot him in as safe as well. So that's the one guy we all definitely agree with. Um, and you know what? As boring as it is, I'm going to agree with Andrew, and uh, I'm going to put Austin Bryce on the big club. So Andrew and I are leaving Valdez and Brewer down in uh, Worcester. Uh, Charlie likes Valdez, and uh, but not Bryce. So that's, the, that's really the difference between the three of us. Um, so this is the bullpen, just to kind of recap. Ottavino, Hernandez, Barnes, Taylor, Salamura, Brazier, Andres, and, and Bryce, if you're going with the majority. If Charlie gets his way, Valdez uh, could be on uh, the big league roster. So so Brewer's definitely out. None of us think he's going to make it uh, right away. I will say this about Valdez, though. He did show flashes of it, and Christian Vasquez last season was asked who he was the most impressed with out of the bullpen last year, and Phillips Valdez was his answer. So, you know, Vasquez is impressed, and I want to see more, and I think it's just going to be a matter of time before he does get called up somebody's just not going to be pitching well and they're going to find their way down in Worcester or an injury will happen. And, and that's how he'll come up. But it's a lot easier. Does anyone remember though, Valdez had, 
Valdez had a sub one ERA before the Toronto series. He that was the weekend that he got, or the week rather, he just got shelled. Toronto destroyed him. And I remember that everyone's like, oh, they need to send him down. I was like, hold up, wait a minute. Because if you look at him the whole rest of the season, he had a really good year. He had a really good season for someone who's how how old is Valdez? Like what, 21? No, he's actually up there. 20, 29, excuse me. 29. I thought he was like a kid. That's right, he, he is older. But like, but it's it's two games. If if we're talking about like outliers or you know, like Ottavino had two really crap games, why would we send this kid down if he had two bad games. It, the same thing goes for him. He strikes out a lot of people. The walk numbers are kind of ugly, but he can definitely, I, I I feel like you need to give him a chance. He's earned it. Well, he had a he had two bad games in a row uh, to start the month of September, September 3rd. Yeah, against both. That, that was the Toronto series, so... He got tuned yep. up there, and I don't think Toronto is going to be any worse this year. You know, they added Springer. That's a that could be a, a pretty robust lineup. So hopefully, they don't end up being his boogeyman. He did get, but te- look at what he did against the Yankees. He shut them down. He destroyed. He he pieced New York. He sat them down. Two and two thirds, three strikeouts, three hits, no walks. An inning, two strikeouts. Another inning, a walk, two strikeouts. Like, dude, this this guy's the truth. He's this is the type of person you want to have in your in your bullpen when you're facing the one of the better teams in your division. I don't know if I could say the best team, but I mean, come on, August. That's me though. Let's see, August 29th through September 5th was the bad part of his season. He was either giving up runs or uh, almost multiple walks per appearance. And he was, I think, used for more than three outs on... Well, actually, no, he wasn't. Well, a couple of times in August he was, actually. Yeah, I got nothing wrong, nothing against him being on the team, but I wouldn't trust him in anything more than like a sixth inning. Uh, he's not a guy I'm trying down in the eighth. Well, I don't think well, not he yet, would. No, yeah, not yet. Let him earn it. Once he earns it, give him the chance and see what he can do with it. I don't expect Valdez to be thrown into a save opportunity. There's just, you know, there's no way. But I think if he continues to do well, he continues to earn it. I can see seventh, seventh <laughs> inning, possible eighth inning opportunities. But that's I think again, if he's if he's going that, if he's like your seventh or eighth inning guy, we're we might have some bigger problems. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing: like, is is Ottavino going to be a lock for your eighth every game? Maybe Ottavino comes in and does six, seventh inning work because Ottavino can pitch two innings. I think. Would you rather have Ottavino pitch two innings or Valdez pitch two innings? I'm only letting Ottavino pitch one. I'm not letting him pitch two. You got to save his arm. Yeah, he's up there. He's got a lot of mileage. But I think Ottavino doesn't come in earlier than the the seventh for the most part. I think he is a high leverage yeah, guy, right. and and yeah. and you might very well see him in, in the eighth inning as well, fairly regularly. Uh, but we have plenty of seventh, eighth inning depth. I mean, Taylor Barnes, Hernandez, Ottavino, Brazier. I mean, they're gonna find some combination between those guys that that should should stick, you know, barring again injuries or whatnot. So so a guy like Valdez, he he's definitely uh a fifth, sixth, seventh inning guy, you know, mm-hmm. on, on most uh 
things and maybe and they're going to need those they are going to need those we have no idea what's going to happen to arms a year after only throwing 80 innings max it's unprecedented we have no idea how many guys are going to go down if they're going to be feeling tight we got to skip them in the rotation um throwing andreezy in there for four innings and valdez needs to give you three and that you know you're just sticking some things together with duct tape uh, i think it's gonna be a regular occurrence and we don't know if guys are going to test um, positive or be within close contact. So I, guys are going to get their money's worth of coming out of that bullpen. That door is going to swing open a lot this year. Uh, also, interestingly, um, they're going to be deadening the baseball, or at least there's an effort uh, this year to to try to – or dejuice it maybe is the best way to put it. But um, that was reported earlier in the week. I have a CBS report up, and it's actually uh, quoting uh, a Rosenthal uh, report. So that could – I've been a huge critic of the baseballs because some of these guys can't pitch to contact, and I think they need to. Um, I think it would speed up the game a little bit you know, to, to get those fly ball outs and that could play into some of these guys, uh, favors as well. Um, so you, you won't necessarily see a lot of deep counts anymore. Um, so ho- hopefully for some of these, these middle inning guys, that'll reduce the, uh, the home run rate a little bit. Um, Kind of moving on uh, outside of the pen, Jackie Bradley, Kevin Pillar, both you know with Red Sox ties. It certainly looks like we're done adding bats to the team, but it's interesting that that Bradley hasn't ended up anywhere yet. And we were talking about him before we came on. And does he get onto a team at this point? I think it's going to be Houston or San Fran at this point. I'm hoping he gets his payday. He deserves it. He was, you know, nothing but a total pro in his time in Boston, and it sucks. Um, I really wish the Mets splurged on him, but they just gave Kevin Pillar $5 million guaranteed for one year and an option to make it go up to 10, which is crazy money at this time of the offseason. can't believe he got that. Five million bucks for a guy that's, I mean, he's a fourth outfielder at this point. Um, I hope Scott Boris has a little late winter magic. Because, uh, like I said, um, I would love for it not to be Houston, but I just want to see the guy get paid at this point. It's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with JBJ at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that he hasn't gotten something. I figured by now we would have seen him already playing for uh at least signed you know oh okay well it's not going to be with the red Sox. and with every single day that passes i'm sitting here saying maybe he does come back you know like we've been talking about optics with some teams and certain players and whatnot yankees not getting gardner that looks bad with the red Sox doing everything that they've done this year if they don't get jbj that could potentially look bad like you went out and you went to go get hunter renfro if the red Sox end up not getting Jackie Bradley Jr. back on the team, and he ends up signing with another team for three million or three and a half million. That will make Boston look really bad. 
And if it's lower than three and a half million, the low, the less money he gets, the worse we look. That's that's how it comes right now, because Houston's Houston's been on the market, but the fact the Mets didn't get him after they were rumored to be the team to have gotten him, that just it, it continues to just th- that whole situation. The optics on that looks bad. Like they don't think he's worth four million, five million, but they think that someone who's a backup is worth five million. So where where do all of these teams view Jackie Bradley Jr.? He was a starter. Where where does he really fit now? So it, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I I feel like I'm going to be equally surprised if he signs with Boston. If he doesn't, you know, if he comes back, I'll be like, you know what? Fans are going to be happy because it's a familiar face. He enjoys playing in Boston. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you know. The Giants are interesting. I haven't really heard them connected. Maybe I've seen like a you know a tweet from one of the writers, but I, I just haven't seen a ton of momentum there. And their outfield, as it stands right now, Alex Dickerson, Mauricio Dubon, and Mike Yastrzemski, the latter of which is obviously a, you know a fantastic player who it just seems so wrong to not have that name in a Red Sox uniform, but. Um, but yeah, so there could be a need for Bradley and San Fran, and it's one of the the least hitter friendly ballparks. So you know, it's it's pitcher friendly, and that could be a place where Bradley would thrive because if the balls aren't leaving, you know, there's plenty of spectacular plays for for him to make. So that could certainly be a good fit. We have seen Houston uh, connected to him throughout the offseason, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, it, it kind of sucks that they're going from George Springer to him, but there's still a need, and Bradley can can fill that. And the interesting thing to me here, though, is Bradley was always a hot commodity on the trade market. Teams were calling about him. The Dodgers a few years ago were trying to give us Yasiel Puig for him, and you know, I didn't. I I'll never want Puig unless it's a one year deal. You know, in case it's just a crazy circus act and you want to get out of it. But Dombrowski turned that down. A year later, we were offered a one for one trade with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, you know, Bradley for Encarnacion, and I kind of wanted Encarnacion because he mashes at Fenway, and I thought that would have been really fun to have him be the first baseman, but. But Dombrowski stuck with Bradley and didn't didn't want any part of Encarnacion. So I think you might be onto something. I was actually going to interrupt you a little while back. I'm glad I didn't. Dombrowski might uh, have another opportunity here to swoop in and sign him. True. The Phillies don't really have a center fielder. Their left fielder is Andrew McCutcheon, who doesn't have too much range left anymore. Uh, there's a reason he's in left field. And Bryce Harper is not an, a gold glove right fielder. So if anyone can make um, those two look good and cover up some warts, it could be Jackie Bradley. And D-Dom could bring back his, bring back his guy, uh, one of the few guys he would wasn't able to give a ridiculous extension to at the time. So make up for lost time, give him a, you know, a two-year deal, maybe like twenty million bucks. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him, seeing him on the Phillies and see him at Fenway Park a few times this year. It does make sense. I mean, Roman Quinn, obviously, you know, not you know, he'd be a fourth outfielder on most teams, I would think. 
Uh, and then who knows how many games McCutcheon's going to play. I mean, he's... Yeah, you're on to something there. Yeah, he's 34, but he, he's got an injury history, and um, you just... I mean, a 30-year-old Bradley sounds like a better candidate. And Bradley, I, I don't think, has ever gone on the DL, as far as I know. Um, yeah, I don't recall any that. Yeah, so that that's an interesting point. You know, maybe maybe the Phillies could be um, a destination for him. And I mean, I don't see why not either. You know, I think what what's he going to get for a contract? I mean, it, it's looking like it's probably going to be in the five to eight million range, if you ask me, at this point in the game. Mm-hmm. I, I know, and I but I always feel dumb downing Scott Boris. Like it always seems like the good old boy club comes through and like signs his guy at the last minute because he'll be like, "Listen, if you want a chance at signing, I don't know who is next batch of free. Uh, if you want a chance of signing Correa next year, you got to do me a solid here. You know, one one of those uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I just I can't doubt Boris yet. It looks bad, but it could happen. It's actually kind of funny that he says that because I could totally see someone like Scott Boris doing that. I could totally see him pulling some BS like that. Like, hey, man, I know you guys need a shortstop. Someone's coming on the market in less than a year. What do you say, buddy? So, uh, again, I already said my, my piece on it. If he ends up signing for less than five mil, it's just not going to look good. Especially if it's like like ringing around the three range. Woo. I ultimately, I don't think it'll be that low, but if it does, oh man, brutal. Another thing that comes to mind though, is Dombrowski kind of had his way with Boris twice. You know, he, he got JD Martinez at his price after a very stressful winter. And then he got Xander Bogarts on a team friendly deal. So I just, as much as it makes sense and this, just literally popped into my head. I just, if, if Dombrowski really wants Bradley, I hope there's no animosity there, you know, previously with Boris. I, I, I think he would let bygones be bygones. Uh, Cause at this point he has to do right by his client. Cause this just looks bad. Um, obviously, you know, I don't blame the Red Sox because I, when they were in the market for an outfielder, I guarantee Bradley's price was a lot more than it is today. So this is just one of those um, discounts by attrition almost. No one saw this coming. Right. Um, so I guess to wrap up, I just want to make one more super random observation. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays, like we kind of want to just discount them a little bit, but I just feel like I just feel like they've got Michael Walker now. They brought back Archer. They have Glass now. They might be adding Rich Hill to the team. I, apparently they're close. What are the chances? <laughs> what are the chances they win 87 this year? I was going to say 87. Yeah, they're going to do it. It's going to be the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it's going to be so aggravating. But Rich Hill, will, I don't know, somehow win like 13 games in a row before he loses a thumb in some weird injury. But they're going to get they're going to get some innings out of these guys. 
Uh, I hope they don't, <laughs> but I we've seen it too many times. Like Scott Boris getting a deal for his client the last second. The Rays never go away. I agree, and they they always manage to find gold from garbage. It just it's it's like the Rays way. Like, oh, we know that you lost twenty six games last year, but how would you like to win fourteen next year with no lineup? We're gonna make it happen. And that's again, that's just how the Rays do things, you know. Uh, do I see him winning 87, though? That's, I don't know. I see him winning more than Boston. <laughs> they they shouldn't win 87, but I feel like it's going to happen. And their nope. bullpen still looks good, too. Yeah. I mean, Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo, Pete Fairbanks, Ryan Thompson, John Curtis looks okay. I mean, I, I think Boston probably has the better bullpen at this point, but but – Tampa certainly does look serviceable, and uh, you know they still got G Man, Brandon Lau, Joey Wendell, Willie Adamas, Randy Arozarena. I it doesn't look like there's going to be any uh, repercussions for him uh, in that. Yeah, he got off on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he was. I it was a it was kind of a messy situation though. So I, I couldn't really tell if he was the bad guy or not in that, in that case. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's a team that's gonna, yeah. And, and Manuel Margo, I, I'm kind of curious to see a full season out of him now that he kind of had a bit of a breakout. So we'll see, but any uh, other thoughts before we do wrap? No, just excited to see guys report. I think it's tomorrow, right? I believe so. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Hopefully everyone's got all their visa stuff cleared away and everyone gets there safe and we can get all the testing done and then just go off without a hitch. I'm I'm so ready for this. Yeah, I just I want to get I want to get it done too. Like I just want to see like how this happens cuz either I'm going to be right, I'm going to pissed that i'm right or i'm gonna be very wrong and i'm gonna be issuing a lot of apologies <laughs> but the, it's it's not gonna be anything in between it's either gonna be i was 100 percent right or damn near close or i was really really wrong or damn near close i don't think it's gonna be in the middle i still have them in the 76 to 79 bracket is, is where i'm putting them now but i would love to be wrong as well it's better for the podcast if the team is competitive so you can damn well bet that is Agreed. what i'm rooting for <laughs> But agreed, agreed. Oh my gosh. I just feel like you got to line all the stars in the universe to <laughs> to get to and then the other thing too is we're looking at a normal playoff bracket. So you might have to win at least 88, you know, and maybe 90 for all I know. I, I know the American League isn't bad, but you're you are going to have some 90 plus win teams one way or the other. But we'll see. So I guess for the listening audience, it's getting harder to, uh, you know, come up with content now that so many players are off the board. But as developments do happen, we will be back and we could get creative uh, with a couple of shows. And um, before the season does start in about six weeks or so, we're going to have every single host of the podcast on to give our uh, division winners, our MVPs. Uh, and then our, our two World Series teams on each side. So that's a fun show when COVID doesn't ruin it. But I, I think we're probably in the clear this year. So we'll get that done. And uh, hopefully everyone has a good week. Take care.